Here with me now is President Biden's National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. Jake, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Ukraine is marking two years of the war. They are running desperately low on weapons, on ammunition. American aid, as you well know, has dried up because of opposition from Republicans and Russian forces are advancing up and down the front lines. Just how dire is the situation there right now? And is the United States failing Ukraine? Well, first, Anna, I think it's important to take a step back and remember that two years ago, everyone was predicting that Ukraine was going to fall, that Kyiv, the capital, was going to fall, that Russia was going to dominate and subjugate its neighbor. And that has not happened. Two years later, Kyiv stands, Ukraine stands. Ukraine, in fact, has taken back half the territory that Russia initially occupied. So Russia has already failed in its fundamental objective to subjugate Ukraine. And now the question is, can Ukraine continue to stand fast against the Russian onslaught and push it back? And there, they do have to rely upon their own courage and bravery, which they have in spades, and on resources and capacity from the West, including the United States. And we are not able to give them what they need at this time because Congress has not acted to provide us with the necessary funding to do that. And we're asking Congress, especially the House of Representatives, after a bipartisan vote in the Senate, to move fast so that we can once again supply Ukraine with the tools it needs to win this fight. Well, on that note, a White House spokesperson said this week that, quote, Speaker Johnson is siding with Putin over the well-being of the American people, Ukraine and NATO. It's pretty strong language. Is that your view? Is the House Speaker siding with Vladimir Putin? Look, I'm not going to talk about motives. I'm just going to talk about reality. And well, the, reality is the reality is that there is a strong. Well, the reality is that Putin gains every day that Ukraine does not get the resources it needs and Ukraine suffers. And there is a strong bipartisan majority in the House standing ready to pass this bill if it comes to the floor. And that decision rests on the shoulders of one person. And history is watching whether Speaker Johnson will put that bill on the floor. If he does, it will pass. We'll get Ukraine what it needs for Ukraine to succeed. If he doesn't, then we will not be able to give Ukraine the tools required for it to stand up to Russia. And Putin will be the major beneficiary of that. I want to ask about what is going on inside Russia right now. After delays and threats from Russian officials, Alexei Navalny's body has finally been turned over to his mother. We have seen security forces, though, crack down on mourners, protesters uh, in the wake of Navalny's death. His mother says officials tried to threaten her into holding a private funeral. Does the Russian government need to allow a public funeral? And what is President Biden's message to Russians mourning both Navalny and the state of their country right now? Well, what President Biden has been struck by, what I've been struck by, is the commentary in the United States that the death of Alexei Navalny is some great show of strength by Vladimir Putin, when in fact, the very idea that he had to lock this guy up, try to muzzle and silence him, and now he's trying to suppress and silence anyone who wants to come out and mourn him, that's a sign of weakness, not a sign of strength. And so from our perspective, what we would like to see is a, search, a situation in which the Russian people and individual Russian dissidents like Alexei Navalny are not subjected to the kind of brutal repression 
and the conditions that led to Alexei Navalny's death. Um, that's what we would like to see. That's why the president came out and imposed a sweeping set of sanctions this past week to send a clear message about where the United States stands on this issue. And quickly, if his mother wants a public funeral, does the U.S. believe she should get that? I think the, the president believes that any mother deserves the funeral for their child that they would like. That should be a basic human thing, not a question of policy. I want to turn to the Middle East. There are reports that negotiators in Paris have agreed to the outline of a new deal between Israel and Hamas to free hostages in Gaza in exchange for a multi-week ceasefire. Can you confirm whether that outline has been agreed to? And if so, what does it look like? Well, it is true that the uh, representatives of Israel, the United States, Egypt, and Qatar met in Paris and came to an understanding among the four of them about what the basic contours of a hostage deal for temporary ceasefire would look like. I'm not going to go into the specifics of that because it is still under negotiation in terms of hammering out the details of it. Uh, there will have to be indirect discussions by Qatar and Egypt with Hamas because ultimately they will have to agree to release the hostages. That work is underway, uh, and we hope that in the coming days we can drive to a point where there is actually a firm and final agreement on this issue, but we will have to wait and see. You used the word hope. Are you hopeful that this time there will be a deal? You know, there's been a lot of toing and froing, so I'm not going to make predictions uh, and, and I'm not going to kind of put percentage chances on it. What I am going to say, though, is that the United States position in this is clear. We would like to see this deal get done. We would like to see the hostages returned, including American hostages. And we would like to see that temporary ceasefire, which will alleviate the suffering of the people in the Gaza Strip, uh, innocent okay. civilians, women and children. So we are telling everyone, including the Israeli government, that it, it is our firm position that every effort be exercised mm -hmm. to get to this agreement and then we can move forward okay. from there. Jake, before I let you go, I have to ask about uh, what happened this past week with the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. He outlined a vision for post-war Gaza. It would keep indefinite Israeli military control over the West Bank and Gaza maintain a buffer zone uh, along the border with Israel and Egypt, give Israel complete control over entry and exit into the Gaza Strip. Now, an Israeli official told CNN that the plan was aligned with the U.S. Is that true? Does the White House see this as a realistic proposal? Well, frankly, Dana, I haven't had the, any Israeli officials send that plan to me, so I'm not going to speak to that plan. Our position is very clear about what we expect with respect to the future of Gaza and our overall vision uh, for the future of the relationship between Israelis and Palestinians. Uh, we have laid out in detail, both publicly and privately, where we are on that. And I look forward to hearing more directly from the Israeli government what their intentions are. And from what I have seen in the reporting, I have some concerns. Jake Sullivan, definitely want to get back to you when you do see the actual plan. Appreciate you being on this morning. Thank you.